Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. And this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. Before we dive into the conversation this week, please do open the show notes on your podcast player of choice and click through to our newsletter sign up. We will email out resources and charts and stats and tips and bits and bobs that we, we chat about in all of these episodes. You can also find that link on thebusinessofproperty.com, which is also where you can find all of our show notes as well for past episodes. Now, I think this week we are going to speak about return on investment, but not just applying to property, but applying to all sorts of investments. And unfortunately, in preparation for this, I had to work out my current return on investment for my cryptocurrency investments. And as it currently stands today, I am down 66% (laughs) on my investment in crypto. (laughs) So yes, I have to laugh or I would be crying. Thankfully, the, the actual raw pound numbers involved are fairly small in fact they're very small really so so i i don't i don't need to cry too much but the the percentage oh my goodness can i just share an interesting this is where maths gets interesting for me you know obviously we're all we're wearing black as per usual when we talk about your crypto investment as 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 is right and proper but what's interesting for me and this is that when we talk about and obviously like you say it's it's relative because the percentage is high but you, you know the in real value terms it's it it's lower so let's you know so it's it's not uh, it's not the end of the world fortunately for you yeah but yeah w- when we talk about a, a 66% reduction now if if we just take that in in my head for simple maths right so you think if i lose 66% my head immediately thinks well i've got to make up 66% but that's not true Actually, your money has to work even harder because, if, again, sim- simple maths. If I had invested £100, we've gone from £100 to £34. It's not a case of you've now got to intri- increase by 66%. You now need a 300% return to get back to where you were. And that is why I think you, we always have to be mindful of these things because, like, like we say, I mean, I think – Thank, thank goodness you didn't put in tens of thousands into that account because, you know, you'd, you'd have a significant hole in your hands. And, and you can see how some people get into trouble because none of us are out there finding 300%. But I guess that was the lure of crypto, Simon. Yeah, although when I got into the crypto, it, it was, it was on, on a nice, nice upward climb. But it wasn't wasn't on crazy climbs, and and I no. deliberately chose to go in on the the type of crypto coins that I thought were more stable, more mature. In, in in crypto, there are new crypto coins being created all the time, and if you happen to get in early, then you can make crazy increases. So three hundred percent would would be the, the the small end of that, because right at the beginning, you've got all these coins that are worth basically nothing and then that down the line people have decided they're worth something and and the the that relative increase is huge and would you know they're still worth nothing <laughs> they are again now yeah <laughs> um, but i deliberately chose not to to go for that i deliberately went for 
coins that I thought were were mature. So I've got a little tiny bit in Bitcoin. I'm not so keen on Bitcoin though because it's the the, the way it's created is very energy costly, and it it doesn't really accomplish much. So most of my holdings are actually in in a coin called Ethereum, and that's because it's well when I bought it was energy hungry again in the way it was created but they had plans and they they have now done this to transition to a different way of creating the coins so that it is not nearly as energy hungry and the the ethereum blockchain can be used for all sorts of things so you can actually do useful stuff with it it's not just a blockchain for the sake of being a crypto blockchain and, and running coins on it you can have smart contracts and all, all sorts of other smart stuff that's built into the Ethereum blockchain. So I thought I'd go for a coin that, that has some real use and is not going to be continuing to, to kill our planet forevermore. And hence, I was hoping that my gains would not be in the sort of crazy 300% plus range, but they would be steady and reasonable. As it turns out, I got that wrong. And uh... <laughs> Well, I, I feel like the podcast itself, this podcast should owe you an apology because I feel like you, you did it, you know, obviously partly for yourself, but then also in the interests of research. So, you know, you, you took one for the greater good. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I'll, um, yes, <laughs> I'll try to be happy about that. <laughs> Is that softening the blow at all? No. Not, not a lot, no. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on from my uh, crypto disaster to something that's actually quite a reasonable success, I think, which is your timing of the shares investment market. Yeah, that that is to date quite positive. And, and like you, I'm still tentative because yeah, I hate saying these things can go up and down because I feel like a Financial Times advert, you know, that history is no guarantee of future performance. Yeah, although we, we can actually cover both the up and down because you can talk about the up and I'll, I'll talk about the down in a minute. Yeah, but so far, that's the concern. But let, yeah, let's talk about the good news. So I took out some, I took a, a bunch of shares back in February 2021, which I, which I pay into every month now. And we, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, which we can reference at some point, I'm sure. But I keep a check on that, but I, I deliberately try not to check it that frequently because I do see this as a long-term investment and a way of diversifying in property because I am heavily invested in property. So I feel I feel the risk. I feel very comfortable in that risk because I feel like property is good, but I do I do worry a little bit about being over oversaturated in property. However, since since I actually opened the uh, stocks and shares accounts, the so to date, from February 21 to today, we, we've generated just over 15%. It's generated a 15% return in that period. So in that, whatever that is, I mean, it's coming up to two years now. So it's probably not as good. But I mean, it shows that in that time period, it's up 14.96%. It's up in the latest 12 months, not so, not so hot, but it's 4.84%. It's and I just, I just thought some people might be thinking, what? stocks and shares. Well, I, I went for the FTSE 100. I do have some emerging markets in there, but I went for the FTSE 100 because back in February, it just felt like there needed to be an uptrend for for everyone. In, you know, those, and we're talking about, you know, BP, Shell, AstraZeneca, companies like that. So they're, you know, the behemoths of, of the world, regardless of what your, your you know, your uh, environmental persuasions are on that. 
so 4.84, not huge, but it's, yeah, dare I say, better than crypto. <laughs> and yes, I can hear some people saying, yes, but what about inflation? And yeah, okay, accept that's inflation. But, uh, you know, as I say to the other half, it's it's better than we would have got in any account so far. And of course, it can go down. But uh, the real one for me was in the first 12 months. So from February 21 to just before February 2022, the increase was uh yeah the interest was 17.27 percent just over 17 percent which obviously i was really happy with and of course you know as you've said it, it, you know, i'm not talking about tens of thousands here we're we're you know we're building the pot as we go but when we think about our interest rates on other investments and you've talked about this in a recent podcast as well that you're getting a nice uh, couple of percent and i know some people that are getting that and it's little effort for the stocks and shares, yes, we've got the risk, but even on it's an average 4.84, is, I'm pretty happy. Well, speaking of risk, <laughs> so we were talking about stocks and shares and we were talking about it off the podcast and on the podcast back around the, the time when you were, were getting that set up. And, and I thought, well, that, that's a really good idea. I know what I'll do. I'll wait six months until it's past the best buying time. In fact, you were already past the best buying time but I, I was really past the best buying time. And then I'll buy lots of stocks and shares. And then I'll watch over a year, or now just over a year, while they lose 7.5% in value. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. <laughs> well, compared to my crypto investments, they're doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> Almost 10 times better. <laughs> Sorry, worse. <laughs> No, but yeah. Uh, well, this is the interesting thing, though, and I think you know, and I'm sure we've we've all read, you know, key information around investment. And I'm I'm putting crypto to one side because I think that stands alone. But in in what we call standard investment, stocks and shares or property, I think the value is always going to be in the long term. So although it doesn't please me to hear that you've had a negative interest rate for the for the for a twelve month period. Um, I'm fairly certain, depending on you know what you've got, unless you've picked your own specific categories that were out, outliers. Uh, that, that, that I've I've gone in for a couple of tracker funds. One of them is the one of the the Vanguard. I can't remember what they call it, Life Strategy or something or other. So yeah, and the other ones in in ESG uh, again, a, a tracker fund. Environment, sustainability, governance. Yeah, something like that. Stuff. <laughs> Good things. Yeah. So yeah, and, and so I've just kept it simple, and 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 gone for gone for those. But yes, obviously I timed it very badly. But over the course of five years, I'd be surprised if that if that holds true. And I, you know, and again, ten years, and that was me. So even if mine levelled out, yeah, you know, for the first year, seventeen percent, I actually got worried because I was thinking, oh crap, does this mean? something else is going to happen. So, I mean, human nature means we're never happy. So when it averages out at uh, 4.84, I'm a little bit more comfortable with that because I guess that's the numbers I, I feel are probably more sensible. And something that we were thinking about before we hit the record button is on a podcast, a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about property price increases because that's all we've been talking about for a couple of years. But one of the stats that just stayed with me from that podcast was that on average, 
UK property prices in the last three years increased by 25%. That was quite a staggering number to me. And then, of course, if I think about that on an annualised basis, and once again, it's average, but it's roughly 8%. So if you bought a property just over three years ago, on average, that property value has increased by about 8%. Obviously, that then leads us into another conversation, which is, well, but that's not, it's not as liquid as, say, stocks and shares. And it's not realised gain until you've realised it, <laughs> you, you know, you've you've sold the asset or or leveraged it somehow. But it it brings us back to the power of property because that's just the the, the capital growth, you know, in terms of yield. And I guess that, Simon, brings us kind of back to property, which is stocks and shares. I think if we think about how that stacks up against our property investments, I mean, (laughs) obviously from your situation, I think we're fairly confident in we know where your better investments were made. Yeah, it, it's it's not hard to spot the the, the bad ones. That's for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, on the property side of things, I, I have thankfully done a little better. So, I haven't worked this out across my whole portfolio, but on on not my most recent purchase because that was very recent, but the one prior to that, which was now about five years ago, I have worked out my my capital gains on that one, and. The, the value in that property, or sorry, the, the value of that property has gone up by approximately 50%. Wow. In five years. And, and this is, of course, on top of rental income and by my current return on equity. And so the, not, not including sort of the, the extras you put in when you purchase a property, sort of stamp duty and, and things, but the value that's still there. My return on equity is currently running at about 3.7%. So that's sort of the, the cash flow returns of my portfolio. But yeah, it's just, just look at my capital gains. My portfolio is mostly in the southeast. In fact, it's all in the southeast, actually. And, and obviously, that area has gained well in the last few years. And this particular property that I picked out, just because it was most, my most recent purchase, yeah, about 50% gain in, in the last five years. So, so yeah, I clearly need to uh, stop dabbling in things that I don't understand and, <laughs> and focus on, on things I do a bit more. Well, you're, you're learning, yeah, at least you can take it that you've been able to share it for the greater good and that we, we hopefully won't make those same mistakes that you made. <laughs> Quite. Although I think certainly in terms of looking at the, 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 the crypto and the shares, as, as it currently stands, the timing has mattered so much and those investments are less than two years old and i'm comparing them to a property investment that is five years old and and a property portfolio that's a lot older than that so i think really it could just be down to time and two years is just too short a time especially with the the recent turmoil in certain places so i think it, it can really come down to the amount of time I've been invested in these things. At least I certainly hope so. I'm still hopeful. Actually, I may have written off the the crypto, but I'm still hopeful that the stocks and shares will will make a comeback. And and in five years' time, I'll be able to say that they they have performed a lot better. Well, I'm I'm confident, as I said before, I'm I'm confident that stocks and shares will do, you you know, if they're based on the top, you know, 100, 250, which those things are, 
I, I, I think that that's likely to happen. Otherwise, it means that those businesses no, you know, no longer exist. And uh, just while we were talking about that, I thought I'd just strip out a very old property and just looking at my what's in my company's portfolio or total overall. I've stripped out a property that we've owned for a long time and put in all the recent ones, with the oldest being maybe five or six years ago. But in terms of total portfolio, so based on current valuations and what we bought it for, the total portfolio has increased in value by 33%. So again, we're just looking at capital growth alone, roughly six-ish percent. So, you know, or very close to, you know, what I've seen in, in the stocks and shares on average for the last year. And obviously that, that, that's, not, that's not the yield, that's just property valuation. And, and that kind of, I guess, does allude to the point that it is aligned with inflation so that you, if you have property, it is something that works with inflation because the property values will go up, but all, Obviously, we're in exceptional times right now, and because of the significant increases we've seen, yes, in the last two or three years, that uh, I guess inflation will continue. And but the property values, as as we've already talked about, uh, and last week's episode, will will be dropping. Yes, and th- that is inflation is of course the, the 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 big counter to all of the things that we've been been talking about so far today. Although I say counter, actually, it's just making losses even worse isn't it but uh, but the counter to the gains (laughs) i don't know i mean we've only had the really high inflation for the last year or so so it's it's going to counter some of those gains but but not not um some of the more historic ones certainly with the the sort of properties that we've got that are five years old it's only going to be be countering some of the more recent gains on those going forwards we can obviously know that inflation is going to stay high probably for a year or so and the, our investments going forwards, we, we need to be looking for something that's going to at least match, if not beat, inflation in order to sort of stand still. Although then we've got leverage as well, which is devaluing our debt. So the calculations become a lot more complicated. And I know this sounds simplistic to say, again, because that's 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 me. But when when um, I think, and I think some people think about inflation, I think there's a tendency to feel like those prices are going to drop. But inflation is just a comparison against a price that was once was. It's not, they're not, those prices don't necessarily and won't necessarily drop again. This, this is, in effect, the new pricing structure that we're in. And the reason I'm saying that is because certainly in my business, we're not planning for, okay, utility costs, for example, we're not planning for those to drop again. And, and of course, we can't because of what we know. We know that that's going up. And obviously, I'm not just talking about energy costs i'm thinking about the costs of you know a loaf of bread or, or butter is that actually where we're at now that they are the new costs and it's unlikely i'm not saying impossible of course in certain product categories in certain sectors that prices may go down and, and of course we're not econ- economists so that this is about as deep as i will get onto this subject but the, the point being is that yes inflation's happened but th- this is now the new cost base and certainly so within my property business we've had to last year take a huge uh, hit on our cost base and as you and I were talking before and uh, we've shared on this podcast you know the utility co- utility costs alone went up by 50% in the business and that was huge 
Now, because of the, the tenant profile, because of the contracts, the, we did not put the rents up and we, we stomached those. And I was happy, in inverted commas, to do that because I, number one, needed to work things out. And I didn't want to just turn around and just start putting the costs up willy-nilly, to, oh, sorry, the rents up willy-nilly to, to tenants without having worked things through. And I know we're evil landlords, but for me, I felt like, you know, we've, take, we've taken six months to really just work this through and work out what we do. We've now worked through, we feel like we've stemmed the loss on utilities, as in we've stopped them rising. We've fixed that for the short term anyway, until the next barrage of increases comes in. And we've done what we can. However, the next step is for us is we do need to increase the rents in line with, you know, overall inflation and it's not just us it's everyone in this market and and that was the challenge for us which we'll we'll talk about in another podcast which was we had to really assess the local market because everyone was priced similarly but now having spoken with other agents and other people in the market it feels like we're all going to make those increases because we had nowhere left to go if we still wanted to run those properties and and i appreciate i've just kind of run off now aside from it the impact is really, of course, on the yield. So we're talking about the, you know, the, the, the rates and the yields that we've had. Well, of course, the, the yield that we had on our properties for the last 12 months dropped significantly because of all of those things. And I was just really highlighting that because it's easy to talk about the fact that our property portfolio increased by 33%. But uh, there's nothing tangible that's come from that because the, the ongoing costs and revenue, revenue stayed the same and the costs went up. And we know how that works. Yeah, I know we all need to look at putting rents up, and I know we're, we're, I think we should talk about this more in another episode because we're, we're pretty much out of time for today. But inflation is running at ten percent or a bit more, and that means that, rightly speaking, to sort of stand still, we should be looking at increasing rents by ten percent. But that just sounds like such a big number to me. And you were saying in certain situations you need to increase it more than that because inflation the average inflation might be at 10 percent, but utility cost inflation is much higher than that and because you've got that built in you've got to got to allow for that in your increases and that means you're looking at at much much bigger percentage increases and they just sound so so scary to me but anyway i think we should leave it there i think we should dig into that on a future episode well the final point i'll make is that you know it's like a 66 percent loss that sounds really high that's because it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to, uh, to our, well, my misery <laughs> in recanting investments of, of recent times, but also found it interesting to look at the comparisons between the different investments and indeed the different timings of our investments. And if you have, please do open your, your podcast player and leave us a rating and maybe even a review, but just the rating would be fantastic. We really would appreciate it. It will help other people find and discover this podcast and enjoy our rantings as well. You can find show notes and all our past episodes on thebusinessofproperty.com, which is also where you can sign up for our email newsletter. And Stuart and I talk to you again next week. Bye.